Help. United owed us $8,370 in cash, but offered credit. That's not what we paid for. Seth Kugel. A couple had to cancel a South America trip for which they'd bought refundable tickets. The airline wouldn't cough up the cash, and they felt like they'd hit the brick wall of bureaucracy until our columnist stepped in. Plus. June 2, 2023, 5 a.m. Eastern Time. Dear Tripped Up. On June 3, 2022, my husband and I booked one-way tickets from San Diego to Buenos Aires, which cost $8,370, and a separate reservation returning a few weeks later from Santiago, Chile, for $4,500 for me, plus miles for my husband's ticket, all on United. Because of health issues, we intended to book refundable tickets. But we noticed right away from the email confirmations that the flights down were non-refundable, perhaps our mistake. I called United immediately, and an agent changed those tickets to refundable for a $300 fee. So far, so good. When we did eventually cancel the trip, the $8,370 was refunded as electronic travel certificates, which makes no sense. We paid with a credit card. Two follow-up appeals have been denied. Can you help? Ellen, La Jolla, California. Dear Ellen, The roadblock that separates you from your money is such a straightforward example of red tape that readers far and wide may want to gather their children round the screen or newspaper to hear a tale of just what grown-ups mean when they complain of bureaucracy. When airlines offer refunds, they are generally returned in the customer's original form of payment. Paid with miles? Those miles are restored to your account. Paid by card? That charge is reversed. Presumably, if you chartered a jet with gold bullion, a Brinks truck would soon show up at your home. And if you paid with an electronic travel certificate, or ETC, you get that certificate back to use for future travel. But wait, you paid with a credit card, right? Sort of. When you called United to switch to a refundable ticket, the agent first granted you an ETC for your mistakenly booked tickets, then used that certificate to purchase your refundable tickets. So the technical original form of payment was an ETC, even if the original original form of payment was a credit card. Though they twice refused to help you, when I contacted United, they quickly admitted the misstep. This sort of complicated, somewhat Byzantine situation is very rare, Charlie Hobart, a United spokesman, told me over the phone. He said he had to ask Erin Jankowski, a spokeswoman who also joined the call, to use her experience in customer service to explain the intricacies of what had gone wrong. The airline has now refunded you $8,370, the right way. This was a misstep on our part, and it was done with good intentions, to expedite the process and ensure the customer had that refundable ticket, Mr. Hobart said. But United should have corrected the issue upon your request, long before you wrote to me. You told me that you are a retired attorney, but I pretty much already knew that from the crystal clear, exasperation-free, 20-page, 10-exhibit PDF you sent me via email. The original documentation you submitted via United's online refunds form was polite, complete, and convincing. United's policy is not to handle issues after a flight has occurred over the phone. But it appears no one read it, at least not carefully. 
A follow-up email you sent didn't fare much better. United suggested you. Direct any further questions to the financial institution that issued the card, which you dutifully did, predictably to no avail. This is not an issue unique to United. How does a big company enable customer service agents to deal with massive numbers of complaints but still read them carefully enough to pluck out the ones in which a complex chain of events clearly favors the customer? I'm glad it's not my job to make that happen. My typical advice in situations like this is to complain rationally, respectfully, and concisely through one customer service channel, say, calling, or an online form, then another, email, then another, social media, hoping that eventually someone with the time and training to step in sees your point. Ms. Jankowski, the United spokeswoman, had a more specific suggestion. In this case, I do think our social care team, which can be found on Twitter and Facebook 24-7, would have been really helpful in this situation, she said. They have the expertise and means to escalate this to a refund specialist. Mr. Hobart added that customers should not have to go through all this. The customer went through the right avenues to get this addressed, he said. Our goal is to address it early, to address it on the first attempt, and to address it correctly. When I pressed United on what, concretely, could be done to be sure similar situations, or different but equally Byzantine one, were avoided in the future, he said that executives in the customer leadership group had been informed and were keenly interested in this particular scenario. We're going to look at this and learn from it, use it as a way to avoid something similar in the future, he said. Perhaps. But let's end by looking at what you, Ellen, did right here, and then compare it to something I recently did wrong in my own travels. Realizing potential and unpredictable health issues might disrupt your plans, you elected to book refundable tickets, something many cheaper, less thoughtful flyers, I, me, often stubbornly refuse to pay extra for. Then, you carefully read the email confirmation you got, something I'm also guilty of not doing, immediately noticed an issue and called within 24 hours, when airlines are required to refund or rebook you, to correct it. In this case, the airline still erred in how it dealt with your refund, but you ultimately prevailed. Earlier this week, I found a very cheap one-way flight from New York to Sao Paulo, Brazil, via Mexico City on Air Mexico, for $107, and booked it, ignoring repeated offers from the airline to make the reservation changeable with a penalty, changeable without a penalty or even refundable for a bit more money. I declined, but the next day realized traveling on a different date would be better for me. It was just under 24 hours since my email confirmation had arrived, so I called Air Mexico to reschedule. The whole time was long enough to put me over the 24-hour limit, so I braced myself for a fight. But when I finally got on with customer service, the agent politely shut me down before I could even go there, though I had called within 24 hours of the email confirmation, the actual booking had occurred a half hour earlier, so I was totally out of luck. I considered huffing and puffing and pleading and blaming them for not sending the confirmation immediately, but I realized I was doubly at fault, first for booking a no-changes, no-refund ticket, and then failing to keep track of exactly what time I had made the reservation. I said thank you and hung up. We all need to pick our battles. If you need advice about a best-laid travel plan that went awry, send an email to triptup at newyorktimes.com, mail to triptup at newyorktimes.com. 
follow New York Times Travel on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And sign up for our weekly Travel Dispatch newsletter to receive expert tips on traveling smarter and inspiration for your next vacation.